Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you guys this morning. Thank you for being here. Man, there is a good-looking row right there that's just full of kiddos. We are so glad that we've got you with us today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for coming. And uh, we're glad to see each and every one of you that are here this morning. So glad that you were able to make it today. Uh, we're missing our sister Julie this morning. Her and brother Joey are on vacation. Uh, they're out with their toes in the lake someplace. And so uh, we'll be envious of them today, but we will miss them nonetheless. And uh, obviously our, our, uh, our brother Chasen and sister Jill, they're gone today as well. Uh, they had a kids crusade uh, that kicks off this morning in Soper. Uh, not so fur, but so purr. And uh, so over by Hugo, they went to do uh, a morning service today, and then they're doing an evening service tonight. They did wonderful uh, this past week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with the Kids Crusade. It was a lot, a lot of fun, and I was so very proud of them. The kids did outstanding. Um, uh, the, the cleaning lady wasn't happy when she came in to take care of the church, but, you know, besides that, it was a great week for the kids. And so uh, it, was, it was good, and so we're very proud of them. I do need to let you guys know this morning um, that Thursday of this past week, uh, Brother Ethan uh, Tibbs came to me and let me know that uh, they had prayed and that they had fasted and that they had made the decision to step away uh, from the church uh, at this time. Um, contrary to popular um, gossip mill that's out there, I do understand there's uh, some rumors and some phone calls that may be being made. Uh, Brother Ethan was not fired. Um, he resigned uh, of his own regard. Uh, he was not pressured into making that decision. I uh, simply said we were going to pray together and, and come back together and talk again. And so we love them. We want the best for them. Uh, we're believing God to do good things in their ministry and in their lives. And uh, if, if somebody has, you know, some questions or some things, I'd love to visit with you privately uh, following the service today. I'd love to, to minister. Uh, Brother Ethan was given the opportunity to come and to, to tell the congregation goodbye. I asked him uh, if he'd like to do that, and he didn't uh, want to do that. And so uh, that's the reason I'm trying to explain to you today. And so I love you guys, and I believe the, the best days are still in front of us. And uh, we're, we're going to believe God for good things this morning. We're sharing the Lord's table together today. And so we want our hearts prepared and ready to do that uh, this morning. And so uh, please, you know, help us to have our hearts focused on, on receiving uh, the Lord's Supper. We want to take a moment and receive the offering this morning. If Brother Ron, the ushers would come today to receive our morning offering. Miss Courtney's going to be leading us today in worship. How many are excited Miss Courtney is going to be leading us? Amen. Look at your support group, girl. You're going to rock it. You're going to do great. All right. Um, Brother Ron, would you ask the Lord to bless the offering today, sir? Amen.
Jesus Messiah 
Glory to 
Come on, all around the room. Let's just begin to give Him praise and thanks for that sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed for us. Thank you, Lord, for the cross of Calvary. And God, thank you for the empty tomb. Lord, we praise you today that you are our healer, our savior. We thank you today that you are our baptizer, our redeemer, our help, and our hope. Lord, we thank you for the blood that ran down. We thank you, Lord, for the blessing and the, the sacrifice that you made for us. How precious you are to us, Lord. How merciful and how mighty you are, God. Oh, you're so worthy. So worthy, so worthy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, church, we love him today. Amen. We praise him this morning. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise and glory today. Amen. Turn and greet someone nearby. Let them know how much you love them, how glad you are to see them today. Praise the Lord. Man, what a great looking Sunday morning congregation. Thank you all for being here. New faces and new families and welcome. We're, we're so glad that you chose to be with us this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, if, if this is your first visit, I pray that you uh, received a, a welcome package and, and uh, people have made you feel welcome. My goal is for visitors when they come to the church to leave with a hand cramp. Uh, because people have shaken their hands so much and loved on them and, and made them feel welcome. And so I pray that that's happened uh, for you today. Um, I, I've got a, a word that I believe the Holy Spirit would have us to hear uh, this morning. And so I pray that your hearts are open and receptive uh, to hear the word of the Lord. We need the word today. Amen. Uh, the Word has healing power, and uh, what we're about to partake of here in just a few moments has healing power in it. And uh, we're so grateful for the, for the love and the mercy that our God has spread abroad upon us today. And uh, we want to, uh, again, before we go to the Word, give Him praise and honor one more time. And so would you join us again in just giving thanks to the Lord? Come on. Father, we bless you one more time today. God, we praise you for who you are and the mercy and the grace and the hope, the strength that we find in you today, O oh Lord. Thank you that you're here with us this morning to, to work miracles, signs, and wonders. Thank you, Lord God, that, that you give clarity and direction. And, and Father, we thank you for the help and the hope, the strength we find in you. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap today. Thank the Lord. How many would agree today with the statement that our God is not dead, but He is alive? I believe and know today that he's not dead. He's alive because I talk to him every day. How about you? I know he's alive and not dead today because he lives inside of me this morning. How about you? I know he's not dead but is alive today because uh, he is with me continually. He said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. How many believe that today? He's with us. He's alive. I believe we are living in the end times. I, I challenge you with that thought and that idea quite often. But uh, one of the indicators of the time and the hour that we're living in uh, is the truth that the world that we're living in challenges continually the things that we stand for. The world would challenge the things that, that we believe in. Uh, if we believe in uh, living for Jesus Christ, then there's going to be pushback from, from the world around us. How many have ever experienced some pushback because of your faith in Jesus Christ. 
I believe that the world would try to challenge what it is we stand for. The world would try to challenge what it is we believe in. But I also believe that the church, the, the son or the daughter of the Most High God, should stand up for the precepts and the principles of the Word of God for what we believe in as well. Amen? Now, uh, if we allow them to, the enemy and his little henchmen, his little helpers, would, would try to push the church completely out of existence. See, the enemy would like to shut the mouth of the church. The enemy would like to shut down every church, regardless of denomination, regardless of, of the people within the church or the pastors or the staff thereof. The enemy would like to shut down and keep the pews empty and keep the mouth shut and the gospel from going forth. Because how many understand there's salvation found in the Word of God, right? And so the enemy don't want folks to get saved. He wants to take as many people to hell with him as he possibly can. And so he's going to do everything in his power to draw people away from the truth of the Word of God into the lies that he would feed into their ears. The good news I have for you this morning is this. Jesus said that he built his church on a rock and that the gates of hell would not prevail against it. I'm so glad that it's not my church. And I'm so glad it's not your church, but I'm thankful today it's His church. Because if I tried to build it, guess what? It'd crumble and fall. If you tried to build it, it'd crumble and fall. But Jesus said, I built the church on a rock and that the gates of hell would not prevail. Come on, it's not our church, it's His church. Amen? Still yet the enemy works overtime. Still yet the enemy tries to shut down the work of God. The enemy knows he's running out of time. And so therefore he's going to do everything in his power to try to stop the word of God from going forward. Church, I believe that's all the more reason for the men and women of God to rise up and daily boldly proclaim the truth of the word of God. The reason for our passion is the love that we have for Almighty God. Amen. I submit to you today that it's time for the bride of Christ to arise and begin to stand on what it is we believe in. We believe in a man named Jesus who was born as a, a child of a virgin. We believe in a man named Jesus who lived a life that was without sin. We believe in a man named Jesus who performed many miracles and signs and wonders. We believe in a man named Jesus who was falsely accused and wrongly tried. We believe in a man named Jesus who took stripes on his body so that we might have healing in ours. Uh, come on, we believe in a man named Jesus who was whipped uh, uh, to a place that he was unrecognizable. We believe in a man named Jesus who was nailed to a cross called Calvary. Uh, we believe in a man named Jesus who died on that cross, who was taken down and placed in a borrowed tomb. But we also believe the good news that on the third day he got up again. <laughs> Come on, we believe the tomb is empty. We believe the Holy Ghost has been poured out. We believe that He went away to prepare a place for us that where He is, there we may be also. We believe that soon and very soon He's returning. And we believe today that He is the Alpha, the Omega. We believe He's the bright and morning star. We believe He's the Rose of Sharon. We believe He was the Lamb that was slain. And today, church, we believe Him to be the only bread of life. Find your Bibles, please. We're going to the book of John this morning, chapter 6. I want to talk to you about that precious bread of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 6. We're going to begin reading in verse 41. If you've got your Bible or your Bible app on your phone, that's where we're... John chapter 6, verse 41 says this. The Jews then complained about him because he said, I'm the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is, 
Is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, who the the father and mother we know? How How is it then that he says, I've come down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said to them, Do not murmur among yourselves. Don't talk about me behind my back. No one can come to me unless my father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up in these last days. It is written by the prophets, and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who comes from God. He has seen the Father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Verse 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am that living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for life for the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give of us his flesh to eat? And then Jesus answered again and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last days. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, I live because the Father, so he has feeds, uh, excuse me, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, he who eats this bread will live forever. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for your word. God, thank you for the opportunity today to minister your word. Lord, I pray that hearts and ears are open and receptive to receive your word. And God, I pray that it does more than just go in our ears, but, but God, it takes up residence within us. And, and God, we come to a greater, deeper understanding of the bread of heaven. Lord, today I pray that you would just have your way in this meeting. Lord, I pray a healing take place as we share this, this table together today. Lord, leave nothing undone that you wish to do. And God, may you be the one who receives all the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can you give the Lord another hand clap of praise today, please? Thank the Lord. Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 1 verse 9 teaches us and tells us that there's nothing new under the sun. Nothing has changed from the beginning. Nothing has changed to the day and the hour that we're living in. From the time that Jesus was alive until present day, there have always been questions about who he was. There's always been debate and challenges about uh, what he came to do, what his uh, uh, mission came to be when he was here upon planet Earth. There were those who doubted. There were those who, who confused and, and discussed among themselves as we read in the Scripture today. Some thought that Jesus was the reincarnation of one of the prophets. Some thought that he was John the Baptist, and some thought that he was a fraud. Still yet, there were others who truly believed that he was the Son of God. Even the testimony of the Roman centurion who stood by and watched him be crucified on Calvary's cross was, surely this man was the Son of God. There was debate from the beginning of the early church, uh, the testimonies of, of the people who would discuss uh, who Jesus was and what he stood for continued from that day until the hour that we live in today. 
The early church, if, if you made a public stand for Jesus Christ, you could face being the outcast, you could face persecution, you could face even being put to death because of your outward confession about Jesus Christ. Just a couple of examples. Peter was crucified upside down because of his testimony about Jesus Christ. James was beheaded for his belief in Jesus Christ. And we know that old brother Stephen in the book of Acts was stoned to death because of his belief in Jesus Christ. Just to name a very few people who suffered because of their stand. In the early church, if you made a very visible public stand for Jesus, you could simply expect the attack of the enemy by the hands of the people that were around. There were going to be people who were outraged because you lived for Jesus Christ. Can I tell you this morning, church, that Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 9 still rings true today. There's nothing new under the sun. The same things that were going on for the early church are the same things that are going on in the church of today. In the world we live in, if you make a public stand for Jesus Christ, you're going to possibly be the outcast. I think of the teenagers when I think about this fact. You know, we have some of the most rock-solid, on-fire youth that, that we possibly could pray and ask God to give to us. They are living for Jesus Christ, not only in the church on Wednesdays and not only in the church on Sunday, but these kids live for Jesus Christ when they go back to the school, and I'm very proud of them. But understand, because of that testimony, because of their, their outward living faith, they suffer the, being the outcast. They suffer being the brunt of the joke. They suffer sometimes even having to eat lunch by themselves because nobody wants to be around them because they're a Christian, right? Uh, in, in the world we live in today, we can face persecution. And even today, guys, the absolute truth is we could face the threat of death. It was one week ago today on Pentecost Sunday in a Catholic church in Nigeria. A gunman came into that church there in Nigeria, a Catholic church, and opened fire and killed 50 people that were worshiping the Lord in this church building. In the world, it's a very true, real possibility in the society that we're living in today, sad as it is to say, we can suffer persecution almost to the point of death and sometimes even to the point of death. Nothing is new under the sun. But the fact still remains today that through all of the attacks, through all of the opposition, no matter the persecution, no matter being made an outcast, no matter even the threat of death, it cannot change the fact of who Jesus Christ is and what He came to accomplish. He is still the bread of life. He always has been the bread of life and He always will be the bread of life for us today. The Word says there in John 6 that the, one of the very reasons that Jesus came was to be that precious bread of life. I submit to you this morning as your pastor, it was no accident that Jesus Christ was born in the town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem in the Greek translation means the house of bread. The, the bread of life was birthed in the house of bread. Jesus Christ is the bread of heaven. He was born in Bethlehem and he's the bread of life for the entire world today. Church, I submit this morning that what the world is most desperately in need of is the bread of life. What we need this morning in this room is the bread of life. It will reinvigorate, it will give us purpose, it will give us direction, and it will give us eternal life this morning. Some things I want to share with you this morning about the bread of life. And the very first thing I want to talk about is this. I want to talk about Jesus being the true bread. Amen. Jesus is the true bread of life. Look at verse 48 with me. Verse 48 there in the word of the Lord said, 
Jesus simply stated those words. He said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. How many would agree this morning that if Jesus said it, it's the truth? If it's words that came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, there's no debate, right? If it's words that Jesus spoke, it's, it's heavenly words. It's God words. It's, it's the words of, uh, that were inspired by the Father, spoken through the Son, and it's the absolute truth. Jesus cannot tell a lie, for God cannot tell a lie. And so when Jesus declared, I am the bread of life, then I believe Jesus is the bread of life, right? Today a lot of people are looking for bread, but they're settling for a cheap imitation of something different, right? Something that, that, that's supposed to be bread, it's supposed to satisfy them, it's supposed to fulfill them, but for whatever reason it still leaves them empty on the inside. Now I don't claim to be much of a cook, but, but you can tell by looking at me today I know some pretty good ones, right? I've shared with you before about some good friends, a family that, that were good friends to, to Sister Vonda and I when we pastored our first church there in, in Kyoto. They lived in Stigler, and, and uh, they just adopted our kids as their own kids, and, and uh, they, they just loved Josie especially. They spoiled Josie so bad, and uh, she's, she's messed up like she is today because of them. I'm going to blame it on them. But uh, Faye and AC were, were good friends to us, and, and uh, they loved our children, and, and Josie would go and stay with Faye a lot while Vonda was working and I was at the church and, and uh, they were just really a blessing. And one of the things that, that Faye and, and Josie really liked to do was, uh, was to cook together. Uh, Faye taught Josie how to make stuff, how to, how to cook stuff and how, put, how to put ingredients together and mix things together and, and make something yummy to eat, right? Uh, and I always loved that because most of the time if they cooked something then it got sent to my house after they got to, hallelujah, after they got done cooking it. One of the things they really liked to make together was biscuits. Uh, and, and I'm talking about homemade, sure enough, biscuits. Um, I, I've got pictures at the house that Faye took of Josie, Polaroid pictures of, uh, you know, where they come out the bottom of the camera. Polaroid pictures of Josie at the house, uh, and she'd have her fingers in that dough and that flour, and, and she'd be mixing all those ingredients together, and, and they'd stick those biscuits in the oven, and, and they'd come out, and the steam would be rising off of them, and, and they were what were known as angel biscuits. Why were they called angel biscuits, Pastor? Well, because when you ate one, you knew that they were coming directly from heaven, right? They were so good. They were homemade. Uh, anybody who's ever had a homemade biscuit know that there's nothing that can compare to them. They're, they're absolutely the best thing that you can possibly have. Their homemade biscuits are the real deal. Can I get an amen? Now, as much as I love my wife... She does not know how to make homemade biscuits. In fact, what Faye and Josie used to say that Vonda would make were whomping biscuits. Anybody know what whomping biscuits are? Whomping biscuits are those kinds you whomp on the side of the counter to get the can to open up. Whomping biscuits. If we have biscuits and gravy at my house today, it's going to be made from whomping biscuits and instant gravy. Hallelujah. How many understand, though, today that, that homemade biscuits and wampum biscuits are both edible right. most of the time? Right. How many understand today that they're both bread, right? Yeah. 
They're both bread, mostly. Uh, it may have some gluteos, some moldicate, or something, you know, some preservatives of some kind in there. Some words that I can't pronounce correctly, and I didn't mean to pronounce that one correctly, so don't correct me. Uh, <laughs> but anybody who's ever eaten a homemade biscuit versus a whooping biscuit knows that there's a difference, right? You can tell the difference between one that's real bread made from homemade ingredients and one that's an imitation that came out of a can. At least I can. Uh, the same can be said spiritually as well, church. That the absolute truth is there's a lot of imitation bread out in the old world today. There's a lot of stuff that claims to satisfy the soul, but it only ends up leaving us empty on the inside. Some try to, to find bread through the works of the world. Some try to find bread through religiosity. Some find, try to find bread through their hobbies or their activities. Some people try to find bread through relationships or a job or the world or through alcohol or drug abuse or, or pornography or things like that. They try to satisfy this God-sized hole that's on the inside of them with an imitation bread that will not truly fill the craving that's actually inside of them. But I'm telling you this today, when they try the true bread of Jesus Christ, it will not leave them empty, it will not leave them lacking, it will not leave them without, uh, but He will satisfy the craving in their soul. Can you say amen? Jesus declares Himself to be, uh, in John chapter 14, verse 6, He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I'm the bread, and Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the true bread of life today, church. And I believe today that any imitation, uh, we can pursue it as long as we possibly want to. But what you're going to do is continue to chase after something that's going to continue to leave you empty. And when you try Jesus Christ, the true bread of life, I'm promising you today, you'll find satisfaction like you've never known before. What do we need to know this morning about the bread of life? Well, the first thing you need to understand is that Jesus is the true bread of life. Another thing you need to know this morning is we need an appetite this morning for that true bread of life. I want to get hungry just thinking about that true bread. How about you? Look at verse 53 with me this morning. Verse 53 said, uh, most assuredly, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you will have no life in you. Well, how many would agree this morning that, that it would be a good thing for everybody to have a holy hunger today? Oh, when we begin to talk about homemade biscuits, I don't know about you, but, but this vision of them coming directly out of the oven. Sorry, I'm having a Jesus moment. Hang on. Them coming straight out of the oven and, and steam rising up off of them. And, and a big bowl of <laughs> real butter. And over here you got a, a big old bowl of, come on, I'm going to get Pentecostal, a big old bowl of apple butter. Man, just the vision of that in your mind. Just thinking about it. Sister Karen Atkins used to tell me all the time, Pastor, I absolutely hate it when you preach about food on a Sunday morning. Because all the time you're preaching about food, my belly's sitting here grumbling while you're talking about food. <laughs> just thinking about that homemade bread, just thinking about that homemade biscuit and the steam rising off of it and, and being all slathered with all that butter and apple butter. I don't know about you. Boy, my belly gets to grumbling, right? 
I get an appetite for, for, for bread. I don't know about uh, your family. I don't know about the people that you live with. I don't know about the people that you eat with. But I have some people in my life that can throw down on some bread. You go to that restaurant and they bring the bread out, you know, before the meal and they put it in front of you. Alan Reynolds can eat a whole basket of rolls by himself. And Sister Vonda, if you're eating with her, you better not get your hand over close by the bread because you're going to get a fork in the back of it. Because they've got an appetite for bread, right? They, they enjoy that. It's something that they like to have. As a kid growing up in Tulsa, where I, where I grew up at, where I lived at, was about a mile to the north of the Wonder Bread factory there in Tulsa. The Wonder Bread factory was on uh, 11th Street, and I lived just across Admiral on a, a, a street called Marshall Place. And man, it was, it was a cool place to grow up as a kid. I know a lot of people think, Tulsa, you're a city slicker. Not that part of Tulsa, friend. Uh, it was about as countryfied as you possibly could think of. Uh, every house in our neighborhood had a garden in the backyard, and uh, our house had 18 coon dogs in the backyard at one given time. Anyway, uh, but if the wind was blowing out of the south and, and Wonder Bread was baking bread, you could smell them baking bread inside my house. <laughs> Traumatic. And you'd sit there and you'd smell that baking bread and you'd just begin to salivate and you'd just begin to think and, oh man, I'd like to have some of that bread. Until, until that sound happened. There was always that sound that, that was able to drive children just completely out of their mind. There's a sound that happens that, that I think some of you, I know there's a lot of people that probably grew up in the country, the literal country, and, and maybe you never heard this sound before, but the, I'm sure there's a lot of people here today who have heard this sound before and knows what happens when you hear this sound. Kids lose their mind. Maybe this will help you. Turn the volume up. <laughs> Sitting there thinking about that bread and all of a sudden the ice cream truck comes by and the bread is now replaced with the thought of the bomb pop that you're going to get off that truck. <laughs> Mama, can I have a dollar? 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 Do you know the top part's cherry and the middle part's 7-Up? <laughs> and all of a sudden, instead of having this appetite for good, healthy bread... Bread's healthy. Come on, people. <laughs> Instead of having an appetite for bread, now your appetite's been replaced with a popsicle? The sad truth is there's a lot of people in this whole world who have replaced their appetite for the true bread of Jesus Christ Amen. with popsicles. Amen. A lot of people have replaced their appetite for Jesus with with the things of the world. Well, I don't have time for him today. I'm just too busy. Well, I don't have time to pray today. I'm just too busy. Well, I don't have time today. I've got too many things uh, that I've got to accomplish. I've got too many things that I have to do. My priorities are out of whack. I don't want the true bread. I just got time to eat a popsicle real quick and head out the door. That's the world. 
Church folks, I want to tell you, sometimes we as church people can replace the true bread with the old stale bread of yesterday. Oh, I remember how it used to be. Oh, I remember what used to happen. I remember when old brother so-and-so did this or that. I remember when that evangelist came. Oh, I remember this. Listen, that's wonderful. And thank God for the manna that our fathers ate in the wilderness. But listen to your pastor today. We need the bread of life in our lives every day of our life, fresh and new. I believe there needs to be a holy hunger. I believe there needs to be an appetite for the bread of life. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Listen, I believe our appetite is very visible in our actions. If we have an appetite for the true bread of life, we're not going to gorge ourselves on the trash of the world and the things that are going on therein. We need to forsake the world and the things of the world and we need to turn to Jesus with our whole heart, with our whole mind, with all of our strength and all of our soul. We need to go after Him wholly and have a greater appetite for Him, I believe, today than we've ever had before. The psalmist says in Psalms 34, verse 8, he said, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, when I got a taste of him and found out how good he was, I wasn't satisfied with anything else ever again. The Lord's sure been good to me. He's never let me down. He's never forsaken me. He's never ran away from me. In the midst of the storm, he was there to show up and be strong on my behalf. Uh, He's healed my body. He saved my soul. Uh, He put my feet on a path to follow after him. And friend, he's the only bread that I hunger for today. What do we need to know about the true bread of life? Well, we need an appetite for true bread. One more thing I want to share with you today is that it's the only bread that has benefit to it. Look with me at verse 58. Verse 58, and the Word of the Lord says this, This is the bread that came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, but he who eats this bread will live forever. Praise God for the benefit of Jesus Christ. Praise God for the benefit of the bread of life in operation in our lives today. The biscuits that we eat and enjoy so much can only make us grow bigger physically. The things of the world that we gorge ourselves with will only bring satisfaction temporarily. But the bread of heaven, the true bread of life, will bring eternal life forever and ever and ever and ever. I told the Sunday school class this morning, the things of this old world will rust and rot and blow away, but the things of God will last forever and ever and ever. Oh, I can try to satisfy my my desire with the things of the world. I can try to satisfy that empty hole inside of me uh, with the things that are going on in society. Or I can find the truth of Jesus Christ in operation in my life and finally find satisfaction to partake of the body and to partake of the blood is to partake of the blessing and the benefit. There is a benefit from knowing Jesus Christ as Lord of your life. There is a blessing from receiving the bread of life in your life every day. There's some people in the world today that think they just have so much to give up if they give their whole life over to Jesus Christ. Well, I won't be able to do this, and I won't be able to go there. And, and even some folks who call themselves Christians find that, that they can only live for Him part-time or part of the way because they think they have so much to give up in giving them His all. 
Listen, I want you to understand today, there is absolutely nothing to lose, but there is everything to gain. Can you say amen? The bread of life, we find salvation. In the bread of life, we find healing. In the bread of life, we find the good gift of the Holy Ghost. In the bread of life, we find victory. In the bread of life, we find deliverance. In the bread of life, we find an eternal home in heaven forevermore and evermore. I'd like to ask the, the gentleman to come to serve communion this morning. I'd like to ask Brother Dennis to come back to, to join me at the piano, if he would, please. I appreciate these men. I appreciate Brother Randy gathering them for us today. I know that there are several men in our congregation that would be more than willing uh, to, to serve in this capacity. And I so love and appreciate you. I, I appreciate your ministry. Um, I appreciate your encouragement and, and the love that I feel from you as your pastor. I'd love to, to have an opportunity to pray for these men today as they begin to serve this congregation. Father, we love you today, and I'm so grateful for these men. Uh, I ask you right now, Lord God, to bless them, to, uh, to use them, God, to bless their families, their homes. And God, I pray that right now as they serve this congregation that you honor their, their form of servanthood this morning. Bless them and use them today, God, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, men, as you serve.
Thank you again, men, for serving this congregation. I love and appreciate you, each and every one. We believe in what would be known as open communion, which simply means you do not have to be a member of the church. Um, the only scriptural reference that I can see for receiving communion is that your heart's right with the Lord. And we're going to have an opportunity to, to make sure of that uh, before we do anything else, before we proceed uh, any, any step further. And so if you maybe didn't receive the communion elements and would like to, um, if you just lift your hand, I'll have one of the, the gentlemen come and, and serve you now if you'd like. Okay. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 32, Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Referencing back to the bread of life. He said, do this in remembrance of me. And in verse 25, he says, the word says in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26 says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat the bread and drink the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment upon himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. They've, they've died. For if we would judge ourselves... If we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we're chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. The Word of God gives us strict instruction. It gives us warning. It gives us guidelines. This, this passage of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 11 is a passage of Scripture that comes with a rebuke, and a blessing. See, originally in, in 1 Corinthians, the part of the reason for the writing of this letter was they were getting together to have communion, but they were, man, they were bringing pot roast and fried chicken and they were having a dinner and not remembering the actual sacrifice of Jesus. They had turned it into a party. So the Lord said, examine yourself. Let each and every one examine themselves. Look inwardly. And if you do this in the right way, there's a blessing a benefit of the bread of life that's attached to it. And so today, before we do anything else, before we, we go any further in this service, I want us to take just a moment and look inwardly ourselves. It's not for others to judge. The Word says if we judge ourselves, we wouldn't be judged. And so it's for us to look inwardly and reflect in our relationship with the Lord. God, if I've done anything to disappoint you, God, if I've done anything out of order, God, if I've left anything undone, this is that moment. Forgive me, Lord. Will you bow your heads with me today and just ask the Lord to, to speak to you.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In John 6, Jesus declared himself the bread of life. And here in 1 Corinthians verse 24, he tells us that that broken bread is a representation of his broken body. The stripes that he endured, the punishment that he went through, the pain and the torture that our Savior took in his body, on his body, so that we might have healing in our own. Many times I've, I've described to you the graphic nature of what Jesus Christ endured. Suffice it today to say that he was beaten to the place that he was unrecognizable. He was beaten on his back and he was beaten on his front. He did that because he loves you and I so very much. Many times when we receive this wafer, we often think of, of a physical healing. And I know there's many in this room today who need a physical healing. But I also understand that Jesus didn't come just to heal us physically, but He came to heal us emotionally. He came to heal us spiritually. Jesus came to heal us everywhere we hurt. And so, with that said, if you're in this room today and you or a, a family member are in need of healing, I would just ask that, that you would stand right there where you're at today as a representation of faith to say, yes, I'm trusting the Lord for healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, you're so good. I still believe Him to be a healer. I still believe Him to be a healer. Brother Hubert, you're a living miracle. You are a testimony of the healing power of Almighty God. Would you, sir, please ask the Lord to bless the partaking of this element together today? receive the element together please come on can we just tell him thank you for the healing come on just just by faith just begin to worship him thank him and praise him thank you Lord thank you God for healing brother Ronnie Burns thank you Lord God for touching his body Thank you, Lord God, for restoring Mama Betty. 
Thank you for giving her strength, Lord. Thank you, God, for healing the brokenhearted, the bruised heart, the fractured relationship. You are the God of all healing. You're the God of mercy and grace. I thank you for healing Merle's mother. I thank you, Lord God, today for removing cancer. God, I thank you right now for healing diabetes. God, I thank you right now all heart problems are taken away and gone. God, I thank you right now that blood pressure is brought under control. Lord, I thank you that you paid the price for these things to happen. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Congregation, could I ask if the rest of you wouldn't mind to stand with us today, please? Jesus in John 6 said that we had to eat of that bread and we had to drink of His blood. He teaches us that that blood is the, the representation, the covering of the new covenant, the salvation of our very soul. His blood was a sacrifice for our sins. He paid a debt he didn't owe for a price that we couldn't pay because he loves us so very much. Verse 25 of 1 Corinthians says, in the same manner he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Understand today, this is not literally the blood of Jesus. This is a little cup of grape juice. Something many of you don't know, but one of the, the favorite ministries of your pastor's wife is to prepare this communion table. Every time we've had communion, it's been at her hands preparing it and getting it ready for us. She prays over these elements. She, she worships over these elements before, before they ever are set in front of you. Done with a clean heart and a pure hand. This is the opportunity of the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses our hearts, purifies our hands. With much gratitude, we receive this cup today. Brother Jerry, I would ask, sir, that God has done so much in your life. Would you please ask the Lord to bless the partaking of the cup? Thank you, Lord. 
that you shed for us that we can stand here today, Lord, and worship you and be thankful for that precious blood. Yes, Amen. Church family, let's receive the element together today, please. Come on, can you just love on Him and praise Him? Just thank Him for that bread. Thank Him for that blood. Lord, we remember Your sacrifice today. God, thank You that if there would have been only one, You would have done it. Thank You that You didn't hesitate. Thank You, Lord, that You were a willing sacrifice. Thank You, Lord, that no one took Your life from You, but You laid it down willingly. Thank You, Lord, for Your love and Your mercy. Thank you that you're the true bread. Thank you for an appetite developing inside for that bread of life. Thank you, God, for the benefit. Thank you for the benefit. You're amazing, God. You're amazing, God. You're amazing, Lord. You're amazing, Lord. You're amazing, Lord. You're amazing, Lord. Your grace is still amazing, Lord. Dennis, would you mind very much to play Amazing Grace for us today?
call my name anytime, anywhere, and know that I will hear you, know that I will answer, yes. know that I will show myself mighty mm. in Yes. I am God. I do not change. Hallelujah. Everything else is temporary. Everything else will fade away. I will make a new heaven and a new earth. Mm. That which has been will be no more. But that which I have called to life, those that accept, those that receive that life, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's just give Him thanks today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your amazing grace, oh Lord. Thank you for speaking to us, sweet Spirit of God. Thank you that you're always the same. You never leave us, you never forsake us. I'm certainly not a leader, but can we sing? Amazing grace together today, please. All across this room. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me.
Sister Sylvia just shared with me that they just received a word that one of their very close friends, uh, Hollis Curley, some of you may know that name, I was involved in an accident uh, and has passed away. And so uh, she's asked that we would have special prayer for the Curley family. And so I'd like to do that today uh, as we conclude our services. Let's pray together. Father, you are the bread of life. You are the comfort and the counsel that we need to surround us. You're the peace in the midst of the storm. God, I pray for the Curley family today. God, I would ask that you would intervene on their behalf, Lord. I pray that you would just surround them with angels right now. God, strengthen and encourage. I pray for Curtis and Sylvia. Keep them safe and, and give them the words of encouragement to speak over this family as they go and minister to them. Lord, I pray right now for a peace that surpasses understanding. Lord, I thank you for the day that you blessed us with. God, we're so grateful that your hedge of protection goes before us and is with us. Lord, I, I speak over these people today. Bless them today, Lord. Use them today, God, for the glory of your kingdom. And draw us back together tonight, God, that we might glean and grow from your word once again. Lord, you never leave us. God, you never forsake us. But Lord, you're so worthy of all the praise. We love you today, precious Savior. We give you praise. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Please love on one another today.